afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the newest episode of penpodcast.com. I'm your host, Matthew Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Holly Jean Jackson. How are you today, Holly? I'm doing great. How are you? I am fantastic. We are both brave souls coming into the first business day of the new year and jumping into a podcast after we've been on a two-week vacation. What's ironic is this is my second podcast interview today. So, but it's it's a good way to kick off the year, you know, goals, conversations, get people energized. I'm going to take some positivity away from that because I have another one at, uh, in an hour or so. And I already messaged my assistant, like, please never allow me to book two in a day again, <laughs> let alone two in a day coming off a holiday. Yeah. You know, actually I find that booking my, cause I have my own podcast as well. Booking them kind of back to back is kind of cool. You kind of get into a flow and you get it done ahead of time. And then your editor, it's kind of easy. I mean, yours are live, but mine are edited. So it's like, check that off the list. And we're all about new, new year's resolutions, new goals right now. So why not? Right. You know what? We're going to get into your best-selling book in a minute, but I just have to say, I think I'm my own worst enemy. And when I started this podcast uh, back in the end of 2020, was it? I let my calendar be wide open and there were points where I was recording 17, 18 times a week. So I hit such podcast burnout that I went the opposite and I was only letting people book at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. If you couldn't do that, you weren't booked. I've now gone and opened it up a little more, but usually once the week has two or three, I'll, I'll cut it because I, I just can't. I yeah, it is <laughs> definitely a balancing act. And I've kind of gone back between each side of the pendulum. So I totally understand. But I will say now my mine is only once a month. And so I like to kind of choose a couple different months throughout the year to book like six of the calls and just get that done. Okay. So yeah, you have some balance in some way, but the longevity of it is balanced. Some of your days may not be quite so balanced. Amen to that. Right. And I mean, honestly, if we really look at it, balance is kind of a moving target, right? <laughs> in professional baseball, the best hitters, like if you're hitting one out of every uh, three out of every 10 pitches, you're considered one of the best hitters ever. So some of them get up, they hit five out of five in a game. Sometimes it's zero out of five, three games in a row. That pendulum ultimately is as long as you're in the middle, you're good. Absolutely. Love the metaphor. I should have used a writing one because I, I was going to get into, <laughs> you know, you could write 10,000 words in a day and then go two weeks without writing a word, but you still balance out. But I don't know. I, my, my last client was talking about baseball, so it's stuck in my head. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think for people that are listening and they're, you know, trying to write their book, I think it was, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Stephen King. Yes. On writing his book on writing. He talks about how you should get into this flow and momentum of writing each day. So if you're not working with a ghostwriter like Matt, you need to kind of get into that flow. And it really does make a difference being consistent. I appreciate not only the plug of the ghostwriting, but you also took one of the first things I tell our coaching clients is if you're going to take this seriously, you've got to schedule the time at least three or four times a week, minimum 30 minutes. You may not generate anything, but if you keep the discipline and the focus, eventually the words will come. Absolutely. And I mean, when I wrote my book, that's what I had to do. I scheduled an hour every single morning. It was how I started my day other than like my meditation routine. It was the first thing that I did. And I literally spent that full hour and sometimes more, but mostly just that full hour. And it only took me three months to write my first book. Now, granted for people that hear that and they're like, oh my gosh, that's intimidating. I do writing professionally and I ghostwrite for clients for marketing consulting. So obviously it's a little easier for me, but 
once you get started and you have your outline, it's really hard to get in your own way and you can actually really accomplish quite a bit each day. You're absolutely right. And I, and I love that you said that because I've watched clients do it in three months. I, anyone who says they've done shorter, I usually am very, very skeptical of, can I read it? Because anything less than three months, like to publication, maybe not rough manuscript, but if you manage to get the whole book out, edited, designed, and published in less than three months, you had to miss something somewhere. Yeah. I, when I say three months, I mean writing it, not going through editorial, like all the other stuff took another three to four months. And I found that more painful than the original writing process. So yeah, I would agree with that. I'd say, I'd say more like six months would be realistic from end to end. And not to mention also your pre-launch strategy, which we're going to talk about the nuts and bolts of a successful launch and how that's really important. But a pre-launch strategy should start six to 12 months before you actually launch your book. And that means working with somebody who knows uh, what you need to have inside of your book. And that could be Matt, it could be someone like me or both of us, right? So if you want to use your book to grow your business, your movement, your nonprofit, whatever that is, you need something in there that's aligned to your brand and going to bring people into your world so that beyond the book, there's a next step for them to take in that journey with you. And Matt, as you know, there's so much work and we put blood, sweat, and tears into our books. We want to make sure that our clients are super successful and that when they hit publication day, they're just celebrating and they have that, you know, that champagne glass with the people that they love surrounding them and cheering them on versus feeling like, gosh, I left so much on the table. And I love that. You, I want to come back to that after we talk about your book, but I, I love that you just dispelled that rumor because I hear it all the time. People think if you write it, they will come. And <laughs> that, that is not the case at all. I mean, unless you're a household name where everyone's like, oh, new book, I'm buying it. Um, if you're a first time author, even a second time author, there is a lot of work that goes into letting people know what's coming. Yeah. Well, not to mention, I really think that you kind of have to work with clients on really re-acknowledging and redefining success of a book launch. Let's be real. Not many people are going to make or retire off of their book sales alone. But if you get a hundred to a thousand raving fans from your book launch, and those people are actually clients who invest in, in your services, your product after the book, that means you actually have a return on investment. And if you use your book the right way for landing speaking opportunities, for growing your business, for adding to your email list, for doing all the things that you need to grow your business, your movement, your nonprofit, then that's a win. That's successful. But I can't tell you how many people I talk to who are new authors. They've just launched and their launch has kind of failed. And they have this idea that they're going to become famous and retire off of writing alone. And that is so rare. So we just wanted to dispel that myth as well. Absolutely. In fact, we have a screening question where when we're trying to figure out what your purpose and your goal and your definition of success is, if you say to sell a million copies of the book, I send you somewhere else because they're, <laughs> they're a company that'll help you manipulate that and do it. But really for business professionals, that's not where the huge payoff is because you make very little money on book royalties. My favorite question is what's the lifetime value of one new client? So if you write a book and your average client pays you for coaching in that last six months and you make $2,000 a month, that just paid for almost all of your return on investment in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is if you have a solid product pyramid, you have a solid strategy for your business, and then you aligned your book messaging with your brand, that's where the, ma the magic is. But like you just said, you can't build anything, including your book, your course, your products, your services, your business without marketing. 
I don't know why people assume that launching your book is any different. And like, that's what I'm here to share with you. All of these things require marketing, <laughs> not to mention people that, you know, go with a traditional publisher. I think they have this idea or this vision of Shangri-La or like this magical place and that they're going to market it and they're going to become Oprah Winfrey or James Patterson or Nicholas Sparks. Right. And that's just not real. It, it's really not. So whether you do traditional publication, hybrid public publication or self-publication, the marketing is really on your own shoulders. Let's be real here. And if you have any higher expectations of that, I would highly encourage you to read into the contract, get some actual testimonials because it's nonsense. It's very, very rare. Spoiler alert, Stephen King, James Patterson, they get a much different marketing deal than John Smith, who just wrote his first book. Right. Right. Their marketing budgets are allocated to the authors that they know are going to make them a ton of money. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is until you're proven, you aren't going to do that. Not to mention, it's so funny. I have so many clients that come to me and they're trying to find an agent or a publishing deal that's traditional. And they say, I need help with this. And the reality is, is to get a traditional publication deal these days, it's all about your, your existing following on social. So unless you already have tons of followers on LinkedIn, you're really big on Twitter, you have TikTok, you have all the things the reason they asked for that is because essentially they're not just buying your book and your book idea. They want to make sure you, yeah, you have marketing because they're not going to do it. And I mean, I'm going to take that one step further and then I promise we're going to get into your book. But <laughs> I actually had a client who was dead. He turned out not to be a client because he realized that what he wanted to do wasn't going to work, but he wanted to go traditional. And that, and he had, I mean, of all the people that I've worked with, when I say the following was incredible, he would host events every year for his nonprofit where the likes of Jennifer Lopez, Troy Palomalu would come and endorse and speak, but we couldn't get any traction on a book proposal because the topic wasn't something that they felt there was even a market for, despite the fact that he had a laundry list of A-list celebs who would have supported it. I mean, really your book launch is similar to dating, right? It's all about the timing. It's about the message. It's about the medium. It's about your network. If those things don't fall into perfect alignment, it's not going to be like this raving success of bestseller in terms of hitting New York Times bestselling. Like that's just not realistic. So I'm not trying to be negative, but this no, is why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This the is, reality. <laughs> well, that's why we're Matt and I are talking to you, the folks that are listening and tuning in here is we want you to be successful, but we want to reset your expectations and help you redefine success and be strategic about launching your book. And guess what? You are going to have raving success if you actually follow the strategies that we both use. Absolutely. If go your goals are clear, your audience is clear, your message is clear, that's nine-tenths of the battle. The writing the book is kind of the easy part, like you said, because if you sit down and plan it and you, you can put words together, you can get a draft, you can hire a ghostwriter, you can hire a coach. There's so many ways to get the book out, but it has to be aligned with what you want to accomplish. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com created by Pen for Hire. Thanks to technology, authors are now able to reach their readers in new ways. Letting readers know who you really are, why you wrote the book, and that you welcome their questions and comments goes a long way to building a fan base. Outside of social media, podcasts, radio, television, newspaper, and magazine interviews reach millions of people every day. How can you get featured in more of these media channels? Working with a public relations specialist will open more doors than you ever thought possible. 
visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation today. Now back to the interview. So let's get into your book, Holly. T tell me about the, what, why did you write it? Who is it for? And what is it about? Yeah. So my book is a book series. The first one is the series name is Inspiration Contagion. And the first one, the subtitle is called Health Secrets for Raving Success. So the vision behind this is my brand, my overall brand is about healing and inspiration. And in my actual business, I do holistic business coaching. I also help a lot of business owners, nonprofit leaders, business leaders get their message out into the world through their books, through speaking and being very strategic and intentional on how they do this. So this first book is aligned to my brand. I have Health Clarity Business as the pillar foundations of coaching for me as a holistic coach. So the first one is health, because if you aren't healthy, you won't have the energy to succeed in what you're trying to build, including your business. And you won't have the clarity for how to build the right business that's aligned to your values and what you want out of this life. And then, of course, the business is the easier part. And this is ironic. People hire me and we start with business. But oftentimes we find that, geez, they're taking the right steps and we're not getting the results that we should expect. And this means that something's out of alignment with their health or with their clarity or their life, right? And so this book was setting the foundation to help A type, uh, type A's and business leaders and business owners set the foundation and the tone for ultimate health and ultimate success so that they have that energy, so they have that clarity, so that we can heal the world. Because the more business owners that I can help who are doing positive things and solving problems for people that we have in the world, the more impact we can have. And this has ripple effect, ripple effects in communities and the world. And I truly do believe that in doing this work, we can change the world because your message matters. The product and service that you have matters. And that's why it's so important to tap into your superhero powers and share your story with the world. Because if you don't, you're leaving so many people in suffering and pain and they need what you have. I mean, I truly love that your pillar is health. It, about two years ago, someone said to me, there's a reason why on a plane, they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first in the event of an emergency, rather than the person next to you, whether they be disabled, a child, because if you pass out, you can't help anyone else. You can't. And one of the book, uh, one of the chapters in the book is on self-care. And it's the chapter's name, self-care is not selfish. It's not. And we have this misnomer that it's so selfish to take care of yourself or to take a mental health day. It's not. It is essential. It's just like that oxygen mask as a metaphor. And especially female uh, business owners, they struggle with this more, especially with their moms. And I keep reminding them, if you don't fill up your own cup, you can't show up as a mom. You can't show up as the business owner and leader and the visionary that you are. And problems are really difficult to solve. And on that note, too, there's a whole chapter on sleep. And I just want to put this out there. It's really interesting. Uh, we have not given sleep enough credibility in our society for a number of years because there wasn't the science. But over the last five to 10 years, we have the science to prove how important sleep is for you to do everything better. So people who are trying to lose weight, we have New Year's resolutions right now. And I know people, those fade. I would say that if you have all these health resolutions and other resolutions, focus on your sleep. You really need at least seven hours of sleep a night, and it does all kinds of wonderful, magical things that are proven by science. You literally will solve your problems while you're sleeping if you're getting quality sleep. 
But when we sit there and burn the candle at both ends and you wonder why our world is so sick, that's why. You just said two incredibly powerful things. So I'm, I'm going to start with the one you just finished on in the sleep aspect. I've come to know it as the law of diminishing returns, right? Where I've pushed myself beyond reason, beyond human constraints. I have a deadline to meet or I'm trying to fit too many things into the day. And there comes a point where you're just not effective anymore. I've woken up in the morning and looked at like the last three hours worth of work from an all-nighter and it all had to be scrapped. So I really didn't do myself any favors by staying up. No, you, you need sleep. And honestly, I would say if you keep hitting your head against a wall with a particular problem or you had a really emotional day, when you go to sleep, they have science on this. My book talks about it. There's a book that Matthew Walker has called Why We Sleep. He talks about it. But essentially, when you sleep, there are things that happen that allow your body and your brain to actually process emotional data as well as real data. And I can't tell you how many times I will go to sleep and wake up with the solution to the problem that I've had for days. So you actually are doing more work mentally and emotionally, and you're better equipped to handle, in particular, emotional scenarios. So let's say you have a huge fight. The reason we say sleep on it there's science behind it because emotionally you're processing things and you're able to wake up fresh and restored with a new perspective and you're going to have a better conversation. Yeah. I've heard that multiple times. The other thing I've heard to the, to the same vein is if you don't have anything major or whatever that happened that night, make sure that the last thing you're thinking about when you go to sleep is where you want to be, right? Where do you see yourself in the next one, three, five years? Because your mind is going to go to work while you're asleep and help you figure out how to make that happen without you even realizing it. Yeah, I like to go to sleep with one of two things. If I've been really struggling with a problem, I'll think about that problem before I go to bed because oftentimes that triggers me dreaming about a solution to that and waking up with the solution. Or two, like you just said, I will visualize what I am building and what I am co-creating in my life. And that also helps me dream about really amazing things and get ideas for getting there faster. Love it. So I'm going to jump back to the second thing you said that was impactful. And I think it really ties in with the whole thing we spoke about in the beginning about strategy. So you mentioned, think about the message that someone may not get because you don't put it out there, right? And the, the impact that could have in the world. So I think too many times, I mean, people know that they can help people but they get caught up in the, well, I don't want to talk too much about myself. That sounds conceited or they're only focused on the monetary outcome of the, of the product. Whereas if your vision is aligned with who is my audience and how can I help them? What problem am I solving for them? The rest is just going to come naturally. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason that is so, so important for us to dial in today. So if you're watching this, you're listening to this right now, and you're on the fence about sharing your message, whether it's through a book, through speaking, through your website, I challenge you to really listen with open ears and you know rewind and repeat this if you need to. So there is this famous speaker that I saw live, Sean Stevenson. He has since passed but there were speakers that have a lot of phobias on being on stage. And so he went through this exercise and he brought somebody to the front who was terrified of speaking. And he said, well, what service do you provide your clients? And she shared. And then he had everyone in the audience that needed her service raise their hands and one by one come up to the microphone and say how it would change their lives for the better. Hundreds of people came up to the front and shared this with her. After that exercise, he goes back to the woman on the stage and says, are you afraid 
to speak your truth and share your service now? And she said, no, all I feel is so much love. So next time you're sitting there blaming the medium of writing that book or getting on the stage or getting on a podcast or that TV show interview, that radio interview, get out of your way. Because there's so many people in this world that are hurting that need you to help them solve their problem. So stop blaming the medium, stop blaming the message and share it. You have a responsibility to do so. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. While many writers are capable of writing entire novels without ever planning or getting writer's block, most need some kind of structure. Taking the raw thoughts out of your head and organizing them before or during the writing process can drastically improve quality and efficiency. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation on our author coaching services today. And now back to the interview. I can personally tell you by doing what I do, there isn't a Maybe, maybe one or two, but by and large, there has been very few clients that I haven't walked away from a project feeling like I took something personally, emotionally um, that could help me in my own life and walk away from that project with, right? It's not just a business transaction of, oh, your book is done. And people don't realize that when they start, they're like, oh, this is what I'm thinking, or I don't know if I want to talk about that. So my advice is always right now, the only people reading this are you and me, like, be uncensored, be, be vulnerable, get it out there. Even if you choose not to use it, just the therapeutic effect of getting it off your chest and out of your mind is so powerful. Yeah. And I want to dial in on that too. So I highly recommend when you write your book, imagine one person you're writing to, and that can be you. It could be your mom. It could be someone you love one person. And if you can transform their life just a little bit in one positive way, how incredible is that? And isn't it worth the time, the energy, the effort to just change one person's life? And I mean, that's the reality of things. If we can just inspire one person each day and we can help heal one more person each day, that's incredible. And we have that 1% of growth each day. That's amazing. Not to mention when you take the pressure off of selling and becoming a best hit like Oprah, which is, let's be real, unrealistic. And you actually just enjoy the process and trust the process. It is exponentially more healing. I learn so much every time I write a book and I'm starting my second book. I get so much more clarity and new tools to uplevel my client's experience in the process of writing. I, get, I also get tools for myself. I can't tell you how many times I've read my own book because what we write about and what we teach is what we need is our own medicine. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It means, yes, I walk that talk, but do I need to be reminded? Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times my family, my loved ones, my friends who've read my book will quote my book to me when I'm going through a season. They're like, Holly, this really wise person once wrote this quote and here it is. And it's from my book. And I'm like, gosh, I guess I need to revisit my own book. Well, so we're all, all very much, I think, do as I say, not as I do. And we tend to lose sight of our own message. Yeah. So your book is just as much there for you as it is for other people in the world. But if it only helps 10 people, that's still worth it. If it only helps one person, it's still worth it because each of our lives has such huge ripple effects. Like we just came off of Christmas season, 
you guys have seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, the ripple effect he has in his community and in the world is incredible. We never know how much we're transforming someone's life for the better. And it just takes one person, one smile, one message, one book. Your message matters that much. I love that. And I, I love that you use the example of like picking one person because I want to take that a little bit step further. You know, if you identify like the one person you think can benefit the most from your book, what you've done is you've removed the criteria that most people use, which is demographics, right? I'm writing this book for female business owners, or I'm writing this book for single mothers. Those are demographics. But when you pick the person that you know can use it the most, you can hone in on the psychographic profile, which is their thoughts, values, and beliefs. What is it that really makes that person tick? And why is this book going to resonate with them? Because that's a whole, that surpasses and transcends any physical characteristic that you think may be your target market. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, when I wrote my first book and when I'm even for the second one, the first one, the book cover is a campfire. And the whole theme of my book is that you and I, me and the reader, one person that I wrote this to, we are having a storytelling conversation around the campfire. I'm sharing my story, but I'm also holding space for you to share your story as the reader. And so it's written from a very vulnerable, raw place that's super real. And it's meant to bring us back to a time that doesn't really exist much in this world with crazy technology and marketing. But if you take that a step further, what resonates with people is story. And when we are raw and vulnerable and we're reaching out to the psychographics, the worldview, the fears that keep our clients up late at night, and we're writing from that perspective, we're reading their mind and they're thinking, gosh, like she is human too. And I will say too, when people visit my website, I had this one person that became a client and she said to me, Holly, I visited your website, but the only reason I booked a call was because you had a video, but your website was so perfect, but your video was so raw and vulnerable and authentic. And I resonated before that I was intimidated to book a call with you. We have to show in our marketing, how human we are, how imperfect we are, that we used to be where our clients were. And if we don't do that, we actually push them away because they're scared and intimidated and they don't believe we can help them because we're so perfect. So guess what? People on there on social media thinking they need to be perfect. They are so wrong. They have marketing so backwards. It's about authenticity and getting your message out there. Two things I want to say about that. And then I'm going to let you jump in with some of the things you wanted to tell the listeners because I know we're just about at time. But one is when you're that vulnerable, you also can relate to a reader when you write in ways that someone else can't, right? Some of the biggest concerns I get from clients are, well, if I'm writing about something that Tony Robbins wrote about, why would someone read my book? Well, most people are intimidated by Tony Robbins. Don't consider him to be real. Like he's this mythical figure who he's so far beyond where they're at. They can't even relate. But if they can relate with your story and where you came from, that's all it takes to get that person. And to tie that in with the storytelling, which is my second point, you hit it on the head. Storytelling goes back as far as the, hu as far as the human race. We've been telling stories in cave paintings, parchment, uh, verbally around campfires before there was ever the printing press or any ability to put it down in words. It's just something that we need as a, as a race and a species. Yeah, it is healing. We heal in circles, in small circles with people when we share a story and when we're raw and real and we need to stop wearing masks. You know, I hate to tell you guys we're coming out of this pandemic. Stop wearing your actual emotional masks. Like, be authentic, be real, and share what you need and share your message. 
absolutely that's a fantastic advice to end uh to end the segment on i really wish we had more time but that's fine we'll just have to get you back in the future or if anyone wants to continue this conversation with all, either holly or myself all of the information will be in the show notes and with that holly i know you have an event and an offer that you wanted to share with the, the listeners and the viewers so please go ahead and do that yeah so my upcoming event if you visit me on linkedin which will be in the show notes as well as the event link I have a Your Message Matters monthly networking meeting. I'm bringing in panelists that are sharing expertise that will help folks that are interested in writing a book, having a successful pre-launch, launch, et cetera, and learning from experts who are world-renowned pros in this industry. We're going to do that completely free. No sales pitch. It's completely just networking. Go ahead and register for that. That'll be monthly. The February one's live. The March one I'm putting together right now, finalizing some panelists. So check that out. And then the other offer I have is you, if you are launching, pre-launching, you have a book in mind, you want to really maximize your movement, your business, your message, you want to grow that and you want to use your book for that. Even if you've already launched it, we can relaunch it. I have a mastermind that is focused on business owners, nonprofit leaders, and experts who want to use their book and speaking to grow their business, to get leads, to get sales, to get clients, and to have a positive impact in the world. So the link will also be in the show notes for you to do a free call to see if that is a fit for you. I only have five to 15 spots for that. Obviously, masterminds are paid opportunities, but that initial call is free. But it's only for people who are action takers, who know their message matters, and you're ready to have a positive impact in this world with your message. And the last thing I want to add is if you're really ready to launch your book, Matthew is amazing. He's amazing at what he does for ghostwriting. And if you're looking for the perfect package here, work with him to get your book together, work with me strategically. And wow, that is the dream team. I'm just saying, if you're really ready to do this, we can put a package together for you. I love that. I love that. And I love that your first event is going to be in February because I'll let everyone in a little secret if they want to <laughs> get some more insight. I will, I'm going to have my assistant sign me up for it right after this call. Uh, so I will be in attendance for everyone listening, please at least take advantage of the free call, the free event. You never know unless you dip your toe in the pool, whether you're going to want to go forward or not. Sometimes that's the hardest part is just making that initial outreach and figuring out where to go next. And Holly, if you can't tell from this call is very, very clear on her vision, her mission, and what she does for people. So get that clarity. Sometimes we, we all just need a little push sometimes. I know I did. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So anyone who knows my story knows I didn't do this on purpose, but now you know, we, we are doing great work just in different areas of the business. So Holly, thank you so much for being here. Everyone tuning in, you just spent this time with Matt Harms and Holly Jean Jackson. Appreciate when you support our guests, head over to her website, sign up for the event, sign up for the consultation. Um, if you have any questions, any fears, and you're more comfortable reaching out to me, shoot me an email, Matt at Penn for Hire. I'm happy to point you in the right direction. I mean, again, I will be at that event in February. So thank you all. And Holly, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And yeah, your message matters, you guys. New year, new you. Step into that. Thanks, Matt. Love it. Thank you.